we here at Hameen Media Group proceed to grow exponentially month by month. And we could not do it without our army of loyal listeners, as well as the absolute best sponsors in the free market today. Hameen Media is proud to give our 100% guarantee that our sponsors offer the absolute very best in their respective industries. And all of them offer products and services that will be of tremendous value to you. Not able to go to a gym? Or would you rather train at home to improve your health, lower your risk of getting sick, or have the body you always wanted? Then check out Stevie Richards Fitness, the most valuable workout program you can find in 2020, costing just a fraction of what the big companies charge, but with unmatched superior quality at StevieRichardsFitness.com. And after your workout, you'll probably be hungry, but how can you be sure what you're putting in your stomach is of premium quality? can't speak for other brands, but we can speak of Zordo's olive oil. Does your olive oil at home say ultra premium? Ultra premium is a distinction that olive oil brands can only legally claim if they meet very strict standards and guidelines. Most olive oils cannot meet such rigid requirements, but Zordo's olive oil does with its imported ultra premium Greek olive oil. Taste the difference for yourself at Zordo'sOliveOil.com. And speaking of consuming quality products, it's important to start your day off on the right foot. Don't run it by drinking watered down bean juice. Wake up and have a cup of bro, bro. With the Coffee Brosters, the only place you can get the limited edition Vince Russo coffee. Organic Nicaraguan fair trade coffee roasted to perfection with notes of milk chocolate and walnut straight from the farm to your coffee mug at thebroasters.com. And of course, you can't profile without style. And what better way to look stylish and support your favorite independent wrestling talent than with some swag from Pro Wrestling Tees. Offering original merchandise for your favorite pro wrestlers you can't find anywhere else and a great way to give back to those who sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment. Check out all the latest and greatest pro wrestling shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you once again to all of our sponsors as well as our loyal listeners. We cannot do what we do without you, and we are only just getting started. We cannot express our gratitude enough. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome back. Episode three of Triple D Star Trek podcast here. And I finally have that co-host. I've been leading you guys on for two weeks saying I'm going to get a co-host on. And I do have a co-host on. It is none other than Captain Cisco's boy, my man, a member of the Hanmi Media Group, uh, an all-around great guy, John Enright. John, say what's up to the fans. Y'all, everybody, what is happening? I hope y'all are just having a great day. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love talking Star Trek. Uh, Star Wars is okay, but man, Star Trek's man. where it's at. It's where man. it's at. 
Man, fuck Star Wars. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm a lover of all sci-fi, Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Star Wars, so, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I'm exactly. good for all of it. But man, there's something special about Star Trek that you know just really gets my heart. I love talking about it. All of it. It's been good stuff. Yeah, Star Trek is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Star Wars too. That's what got me into sci-fi. But Star Trek is just something different about Star Trek. What they, what the episodes represent. You know, like what they're trying to show how the world is and still even showing that the world can be a utopia it can be perfect but there's still prejudice there's still bad people out there and you know i was i was just thinking about that star uh star trek six where they had the giant conference after the, the klingon moon blew up and I, I don't remember the admiral's name but i know the actor brock peters he played mm -hmm. cisco's father in deep space nine yeah, uh, Cartwright, uh, Admiral Cartwright. Admiral Cartwright. There we go. He uh, he didn't want the Klingons. He didn't want to join forces with the Klingons, and he made that well known. And so did so did Kirk. They still held prejudices, even though you're in the 23rd century, where supposedly yeah. all prejudices were gone. There's still prejudices there. So it just shows that humans are still flawed, and that's one thing that I love about it. So. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing is the way Roddenberry wrote and how he 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 would get his messages across in such a way that people didn't even recognize it sometimes. You know, like the famous uh, episode where well he's black on one side uh, and I'm and I'm black on the other. The exactly. whole thing, and you come and they find out that their their planet has been destroyed because mm -hmm. they're like, and everybody on the ship's going, "Well, you're the same." He's like, "No, no, no, no." I'm mm -hmm. black on this side, and so I'm better than him. No, he's yeah. black on the other side. So, I, and it, and I mean, the whole time people are going, "Wow, I can't believe that!" But yet, in that show, they're showing what's going on in the world at that moment in yeah. the '60s, of where we're going. Well, whites are better than blacks, and it's like that's not the case. We're all brothers oh, and ah, sisters. Yeah. We're all the same, and yet mm -hmm. we still don't see that. And sometimes, you know, it took years for people to recognize that message that Roddenberry did. The guy just had an incredible way to write. He, he was, yeah. And, and to co connect that, mm -hmm. what was going on in humankind at that moment and connect it with the further down the road. Okay, this is great, but mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is really kind of still going on. You know, yeah. and episode six is a great way, you know, the, the sixth movie, you know, I mean, there's so many great things of that one, the oh, stories yeah. that they're telling of, you know, and with that one, it would be more of like a, you know, an immigrant thing, you know, because mm -hmm. um, the Klingons are going to need to be coming in because yeah. Praxis has been defeated, it has been mm -hmm. exploded by a mining accident and so causing them to lose their oxygen. So they need to take people in mm -hmm. and refugees and they're and Starfleet's going, no, I don't want, I mean, half of Starfleet's saying, no, they don't want to do it. But yeah. the amazing thing about it is, the the conspiracy was Klingons, Romulans, and and humans working together. Yeah. <laughs> to keep things apart, it's like it's like you're still working together, but you're trying to keep things apart. But you work together on this, you know. It's like yeah. so crazy, uh, and yeah. it was, you know. And I I, I love that one too because one of my I loved, um, you know, Kirk's interaction with the Klingons, especially with mm -hmm. Christopher Plummer as the head. Oh general. yeah. Oh, oh my god. As King, man, Christopher Plummer just ate up so much scenery. It was just so awesome. Dude, like that whole. Awesome. Yeah, that, that dinner scene was like, to be or not to be, that is the real question. And then like, yeah. we need breathing room. And Kirk goes, Earth, Hitler, 1939. And yeah, exactly. Like, and it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> no. like, yeah, Ooh. like, oh. And it gets yeah. real quiet, you know. And But Christopher Plummer, his, this, the way he played against Kirk. And the interesting thing was Christopher Plummer, Kirk, uh, James, uh, not James Stewart, um, 
Shatner. Shatner. God, it's been a long day. Shatner it's okay, Josh. Was actually Plummer's understudy in Canada for really? Shakespeare. Wow. And when Plummer went to go do, I think, Sound of Music or something like that, Shatner stepped in. So, like, Shatner and Plummer have known each other for a very long time. Wow. And so it was a really neat aspect of this, seeing this movie now, knowing that history and seeing these two come together. And they're doing Shakespeare because Plummer loves Shakespeare. And he's like, that was one of the things he's like, if I'm going to play this guy, I'm going to throw it in. And exactly. I love the joke. Hey, we're going to do it in the original Shakespeare, the Shakespeare in the original mm -hmm. Klingon. You haven't heard it until you heard it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just, and I mean, but at the same time, it was that idea. We love it. It's great. But is there's that idea that well we don't want immigrants we don't want refugees here because mm -hmm. this is we don't like them because they are different than us and mm -hmm. yet we're still seeing that today you yeah. know it's and, and that's that's kind of the thing that you know you you can't go Roddenberry is telling a story that is still happening I mean oh, yeah. we're yeah. still seeing that and then that's that's the crazy part and people love it oh this is a great movie but they don't. I, it's hard that they don't recognize it, that this no, is connected no, to a real thing and it's entertaining. And that's where I think it takes people like us to educate them on mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's, I mean, Star Wars is a great entry into sci-fi, but this is really a thinking man's there's meaning, there's oh, yeah. purpose, yeah. there's direction behind it. There is, Hey, this is what we hope to be. But even if we get there, there's still going to be these things that we're going to have to deal with. Exactly. You know? And that's yeah. what I love about Star Trek, the nuance and the mm -hmm. characters behind it, the, the, the deep build of the characters. You know? Oh, yeah. No, that's you look at you look at the even in the movies from the motion picture to Star Trek six, the, the building, the character of Spock, how he came into the motion picture, no emotions. He really wasn't the same Spock. But then once Star Trek two rolled around and Star Trek three, Star Trek four. So you're like, wow, you know, Spock is back, you know? So yeah. it, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy, you know? And, yeah. um, and, and talking about that too, you know, I said in, in my first episode, when I talked about the motion picture and Beecher and artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, I mean, that's, I, I mean, for, for him to basically write a movie like that, to basically meld human and, and machine together. And then also to later on in the next generation with data and then in Picard, it's just insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. And I mean, the board. Think oh, the, about yeah, it. Yeah, the board. Oh, you know, I mean, the board. You know, you yeah. have this, this, the Vigor wanting to come with the creator. And then, you know, some people have said that, that that's where the board came from is that mm -hmm. when they left, that's how the board became who they were, which well, is, I, I think it's a that. stretch. I can see it. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I can see it. Yeah. But, but here's the thing though, but, but the board though, the board were originally, they were originally humans. They were carbon units mm -hmm. as the quote of Viger. So they went from carbon units and then they evolved with, you know, machine. So maybe, but I, I don't, I don't see that. That's yeah. yeah that's too yeah. far. It's no. a little smart because I mean it's Delta Quadrant. You know, you yeah, can't go from exactly. you, you can't get back from where they were on Earth. Vija going back to the Delta Quadrant in the period of time mm -hmm. and then coming back at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where the hole in the theory is. I don't think the time works are for it. But mm -hmm. even in that aspect, we're seeing that now with Elon Musk, and I'm gonna put a thing in your brain exactly. so you can connect the Neuralink stuff yeah. or just Neur the yeah. AI aspect, you know what I mean? That's exactly. like I mean, are we ready for something like that? I mean, yeah. we can't we can't handle social media. People are sending. I got kids telling me that uh, in our program that people are sending them news just to, like out of nowhere. I'm like, 
Man, I'm not. Yeah, I've got 13, 14, 15 year olds, and they're like, I'm on Snapchat. People send me news. I'm like, I must not be doing Snapchat right because I've never gotten a nude in my entire life. Uh, yeah, and people, if we, are, how, people yeah, are sick. People yeah, are how, sick. but how are we going to handle stuff like this? Is AI, exactly. this Neuralink yeah. stuff? If we can't handle the stuff we got now, you know. Well, so, well, that's why Elon Musk is going to be the Borg Queen. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah. just going to control everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just, he'll be in charge, and then no, nope, no, nope, you're not working. We're going to shut oh, you down. This yeah, this yeah, drone yeah, needs to yeah, go down. This needs, yeah. yeah. So and uh, the high the high of mind everything is just and now you talk about like nanoparticles nanobots i mean come on i mean this I, this is way this is I, I hear that i'm like i'm like i'm like are we becoming the borg now all of a sudden are we i know right i mean come yeah on. yeah and so, i mean it's just the funny memes that are out there that show like the influence even though really if you look at it, star trek has had on our communication oh the ipad the mm -hmm. communicator mm -hmm. the you know all those different things that were in the show that you know, we have an iPad now. You know, the pads that they had to work on, we have iPads now. The communicators, we've had flip phones that look like mm -hmm. Star Trek. You know, that was, the, I mean, Motorola called their phone a Star Trek. Yeah. T-R-A-C. Yeah. So, because it looked like the communicator. I mean, it just, did, yeah. You know, you know, that was the whole point of it exactly. is we're evoking back to what we love is Star Trek mm -hmm. and all the different influences. The uh, Zoom stuff that we're doing now that yeah. we were able to communicate. Star Trek was doing that and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So, you know, you can't tell me that it hasn't had an incredible influence on our, it has. our community, our, our culture, not mm -hmm. just in a pop culture way, but in a real how we function with our technology going, why can't we do that? Somebody somebody years ago saw Next Generation and they're like, why can't we do that? And 20 mm -hmm. years later, they've developed the iPad or Zoom or things like this where we can do this kind of stuff where you're in upstate New York, I'm in in Texas and we can have a conversation exactly. like we're across the street. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I wish man. I was in Texas. I wish I was in Texas right now. I love Texas. So <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, the guns, beer, and, you know, you know, just it, whatever you want to do. It's guns, beer, golf. It's, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So so now I got to ask you a question, though, John. Now, okay. what's your favorite um, franchise of Trek? Is it the original series? Is it Next Generation? Is it Deep Space Nine, Voyager? Well, I mean, I think you can tell by my title. Um, Voyager. No, uh, Deep Space Nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, Deep oh, Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, for me, the story behind it was really neat. Uh, they mm. were in between Next Generation and Voyager. And okay. so at a certain point of time, they were actually left alone to do their thing. And that's when yeah, they started they were, doing yeah. this, this serialized stories, which hadn't been done in Star Trek. There have mm -hmm. been loose connections, but usually it's episode, go to the next thing, next planet, yeah. do this or yeah. that. And every now and then, like with Next Generation, you'd have two or three parters or at the end of, I think, season four or five with when Picard becomes bored, that was a four-parter. Yeah, four-parter. Yeah, four yeah. It was two, in the, two at the end of one season and two at the beginning of the next mm -hmm. kind of thing. But that was the first real serialized, especially later on after like seasons three and four, where you oh, start, yeah. they're just building the Dominion War oh, my and just the build into that and then yeah. the end of it. And, mm -hmm. and then the growth. I mean, to me, those characters on, on Deep Space Nine grew way more than any oh, of them. Yeah. And you're like, well, they're stuck on a station. That was the one thing that people were like, they're, they're not on a ship. They're not flying around. Mm -hmm. They're on a station. But the fact that they have people coming to them, I think, mm -hmm. really showed one, their inclusivity of, okay, people are coming in and out. We're letting them come and go. But also, two, 
even when they added the defined, it was for a purpose. The purpose mm -hmm. of wasn't to yeah. explore. It no. was to start with an ass so we can keep up mm -hmm. with the Dominion because they're kicking exactly. the shit out of us. Yeah. You know, and we've got to fight back. And the Dominion was one of those things. And uh, or the defiant was one of those things. And so, you know, it, and you're beginning to see a transition of Starfleet in explore mode. And then they have to all of a sudden transition to war mode. And mm -hmm. it's like it's so unfamiliar to them. It you is, know, yeah. especially in the beginning of that war, they're just getting their ass kicked over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And they have to grow. They have to start developing. Exactly. If, if we don't do something, they're just going to keep kicking our ass. Yeah. We've got to do something different. That's where the Defiant comes in. You see the Sovereign classes. Mm -hmm. You see, you know, the Kira classes. Some of these, you know, new ship designs coming in that were originally supposed to be for Borg. They're now mm -hmm. coming in to be, you know, to, to, to stand against the Dominion. And then yeah. you've got this one station in front of this wormhole that's the linchpin for the whole thing. And, you know? it's, and it's holding up for some odd reason. And it's, it's holding on. And the, 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 I mean, you, you can't tell me that wasn't just so thought out, well-planned, and then even going to the end of the story. You know, yeah. oh, no, Cisco was... at the end. I mean, it's just so beautiful at the end of it. I mean, yeah. that's easily my number one favorite Star Trek because I love story, I love character, and those expanded those things so great and just the serialized nature of it to where you know it's almost you know with every other one it's almost monster of the week or planet of the week or something yeah, along exactly, those lines yeah. which you know we're fine with voyager same thing you you know you're in another ga you know another galaxy quadrant, yeah yeah another quadrant and you're just having to plod your way home okay another monster of the week or whatever yeah, exactly the week. yeah and mm -hmm. whereas it, it felt different with these space nine and the fact that they you you were there where they slept. You were there where they mm -hmm. ate. You were there where they you know had relationships and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And so, um, boy, it was. I mean, it's a masterpiece to me. It's yeah, the it best. Really. It's the best Star Trek that was done. I think. Personally. Yeah. No, I I think so too. And I wasn't. To me, I was original series, next generation. I the first season I watched of Deep Space Nine, I was like. I said, God damn. I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can watch this. It's on. Yeah. It was, it was so, but then once I got passed into the second season, the third season, I just consumed it. It was just so good. Oh yeah. And I love the story that they told when Cisco and Bashir get transported back to San Francisco in the past. Oh, with the bell riots. With the bell riots and where you see 10 cities. Yeah. And you see the rich and the upper class kind of cut them off. And that's in San Francisco. Yeah. And you see what's going on now. Because I was talking to a uh, shout out to, a, to, to the best producer on Hami Media Group, MSG. MSG. Matthew Schaeffer, 12 gauge. 12 gauge. Uh, he um, told me he was in Seattle, 10 cities in Seattle. You know, and these are supposedly supposed to be the most like, you know, I'm not not to get political, but you know I'm going to get a little bit of political on this. Uh, most like liberal and most like you know kind, open-hearted cities. Yet you have these people living in tents. Mm -hmm. And Matt told me he goes, "I go to cities that are kind of a little more on the conservative side, and you don't see that." So it's kind of telling a story. It's like you know what's going on here, you know, and mm -hmm. it's predicting the future probably of what's going to happen. You know, because I wouldn't be surprised if the, the the rich, you know, those rich fucks out in San Francisco or out in Seattle are like, you know what? 
put all these people here in, in, mm-hmm. in this place here because I don't want to see that. You right. know, I don't want them anywhere near my mansion mm-hmm. as it is how it is nowadays. So, yeah. and it, I mean, it's, but it, it's not even there. I mean, I see it here in rural Texas. That's the mm-hmm. sad part. Is like, yeah, that that is sad. You know, it's that. I mean, we here we are. We got land and space and plenty oh, of stuff. Yeah. But our city, my city specifically, has not put in low income housing in the last five years. Um, only over only forty percent of the city here in this area can afford the houses they live in. Sixty um, percent of the people who live in Weatherford can't afford the places they live. And there's not low-income housing. We've got people who have a uh, housing authority here in the area, and they give vouchers for people to stay. And their vouchers are expiring because they can't find places because they're not affordable. They're building all these new apartments, but they're they're going for a dollar twenty, a dollar fifty a square foot, and nobody can afford that. Especially because we're a rural town of people coming to work here or live here. They either have high-end jobs like mm-hmm. insurance or things like that, or they're working retail, mm-hmm. and you can't make. Yeah, enough off of that. And so that's why kids are coming in this program because mom and dad are working and they have this or that or the other and kids need help. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to provide help as best as we can. But it's, it's you know, our city has not stepped up. They have had, There was a company last year who came in and said, hey, we will build apartments and have low-income housing. You know, we're, we're, we, you know we want to do this for your community. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the city council voted it down because they're wow. like, oh, we don't want low-income. It's going to reduce the property taxes. And I'm like... Um, you know what? First of all, I don't mind if my property taxes go down. I'm okay with that. But the other half of it is, you know, we do need this. You know, we've got people who are struggling with their housing right now yeah. and people who can't find a housing because it's so expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I mean, I where I work across the street from me is a homeless ministry. And for Parker County, you know, where people are like, well, that's outside of Fort Worth. Y'all shouldn't have a big deal. Yeah. Um, they do a, a, a homeless count every year, Fort Worth, Dallas, and we mm-hmm. do one here. And this year there were 12 people who were homeless that, that was known. But the ministry across the street is is ministering between 60 to 80 people a month. Wow. So you, you mean that's but because people don't count people who are couch surfing or living in their car or some of these people know where to live in tents and stuff like that. It's just hidden. So they don't get rousted about, you know. And so, you know, seeing this aspect of here, it's it's. Once again, you got people who are in power who are rich who don't understand what no, people are don't. dealing with, yeah. and and they are like, well, as long as I don't see it, I don't want low income exactly. housing here because it's mm-hmm. you know I don't want it to affect me and my where I live. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 man, that's not how this works at all. You know, exactly. this is we need to have a balance, a balanced structure mm-hmm. in our communities because if yeah. we don't, you know, something's going to break. And exactly, and so, you and know, and yeah, and that's all riots. Yeah, and you're gonna right. And that's right. what's that's what made Star Trek great was it was a balanced utopia. The, it was. There yeah. there was no one of the over the other that was, mm-hmm. you know, hey, somebody has to do this job. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're a captain, you're an engineer, you're doing whatever, but everybody was treated with respect no matter mm-hmm. what the job they had. Oh yeah. It was a balanced society, and that's really at the end of the day what we need. And we've lost focus on that. It's about oh, who's got the yeah. loudest voice or who's got the biggest dick or whatever mm-hmm. I'm gonna do. Oh, yeah. You know, you know Every, it's not about yeah. that. You know, Every, everyone's coming out dick swinging now and yeah. else. And I'm just like, guys, listen, just I'm like, I'm like, whatever. I just uh, you know, listen. I want to make donuts and coffee. And I want to watch Star Trek. <laughs> and yeah, so I want exactly. to watch donuts yeah. and coffee, Star Trek, and yeah. 
and play golf. That's it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay, so Triple D, I got a question for you. Go ahead. How do you how do you feel about the new CBS stuff that's come out, like Discovery and Picard? I want to know like your 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 takes on those. My take on it is this: um, I actually like it because unlike some other Trek fans, you know, a lot of them are kind of stuck in the past. They want things to be the same. And I tell them, I say, listen, I understand. You want to go back to the golden era. But when Next Generation came out, you remember the backlash for Next Generation? It's not like the original track. Where is this? Where is that? Who is this? Where is that? Guys, it's something new. Mm-hmm. Now, it's your choice if you don't like it. Now, I get it. A lot of people say it's like too SJW. It's too liberal, this, that, and the other thing. But Star Trek's always been on that SJW liberal thing. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference, though. Roddenberry would mix in. He'd mix in a little bit more common sense, maybe some conservative, some like low-key, under-key conservative stuff that would get by some of the other, like by some of the liberals. The liberals would notice it, but the conservatives would notice it. Kurtzman's kind of taken in a direction where it's like really far left. But for me, I cancel that far left bullshit out. And I just watch it strictly for Star Trek. And I like Discovery. I thought Discovery was done very well. Uh, you know, the whole the whole gay couple thing, that didn't bother me. Love is love. That's it. Yeah. And it was told very well. I actually was like, crying when they like rediscovered their love together mm-hmm. at the end um the one thing that kind of that kind of aggravated me it was in picard at the end of picard where it showed uh seven of nine and raffi how they had like that that like that intimate moment that pissed me off n- not for the fact of making seven gay i don't care you can make her a lesbian it doesn't matter to me yeah but there's got to be a fucking backstory what happened with her and Chakotay? Where is that fucking backstory? Give me the yeah. backstory. You stupid motherfuckers, give me the backstory. That's what I want to know, okay? Yeah. Just don't throw that fucking shit out there in the open. Why? Yeah. How, where, and why? That, yeah. And that's the one thing that kind of aggravated me about that. You know? Yeah, and, and where did they develop that relationship? Like, in two days, all of a sudden, after all yeah. this, and then everything's done, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now, all of a sudden, I want to hold your hand, and I love you? And it's like... exactly. I've never been in a relationship that happens where yeah. I, you know, work with someone for two days and all of a sudden we're holding hands like we're yeah. in love with each other. I exactly. don't, no, tell me the purpose. Did they know each other at, before? Yeah, but I need some yeah. of that backstory. Yeah. You know? So I mean, I just think I don't know if they're going to cover that in season two, but I just I don't, that one that one there just kind of like I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Unless unless it's one of those. They hooked up the night before, and it's like the next day kind of thing, you know, where you're still kind of like, exactly, yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe that's what happened. But tell me something. Show me. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, show me what it was that yeah. brought them to that point. It's because it was like out of nowhere, like you said, just kind of like, okay, where did this come from? What happened to Shakoti? What I mean, we exactly. knew that there was yeah. a story with her from in the Voyager. Mm-hmm. What happened? Because we knew that there was a love interest, her and Shakoti. We know she got with the Fenris Rangers, but what happened in between all that? Exactly, you know, yeah. That's what then, we need. And that's it. And, the, and they didn't do that. And that's what kind of aggravated me about. And it's aggravated a lot of fans is the writing. I know I, I had um, a fan on, you know, a, a very well-educated fan on Twitter. He tweeted out uh, to me 
and to everyone else talking about how he was really upset with the direction that the franchise has gone. And you know what? I agree with him on that. You know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's Star Trek. It's still Star Trek to me. I'll still watch it because it's Star Trek. But sometimes it's like, guys, you know, what are you guys doing? Let's get back to regular storytelling. I mean, who's writing these, who's, who's, who's writing these series? WWE writers and took man. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I mean, know. Right. Is he like, God damn it, pal, rip up the script. They're going to hold hands. It's going to be a lesbian. HLA pal. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, what, what is going on? That's the one thing that I want to know. Yeah. So I mean, but, but other than that though, the special effects, the ships, um, the acting, the acting is good. It's just, some of the writing is really, really questionable and it can kind of fuck up the storylines. I know a lot of people got pissed off at discovery because all they said, discovery change, you know, Spock's, you know, origin story. He never had a sister, blah, blah. I was like, guys, we never knew Spock had a half brother in Star Trek Five. Okay, I mean, yeah, which was I mean, complete little bullshit on Five. But I mean, Five yeah. was a horseshit of a movie that exactly. directed. And I mean, yeah. that was the Vanity Shatner project right there. Yeah. And I mean, hello, they ended at the end of season, you know, season two. They explained it. Um, yeah. This is we're never going to be talking about this. Exactly. this yeah. You know, I mean, so okay, well, if we've never talked about it, we've explained why because. Well, the whole discovery and the mission and everything, and Starfleet has made this where if they're being erased from history, essentially, yeah. then he has no reason. And then because he's part Vulcan and knowing who he is, and that when he's told not to do something, he's not going to do it, you know. Exactly. And so that to me, that I had no problem with that, you know. Oh, um, I didn't have a problem with it either. Yeah, you know, it was great. I, I mean, you know, and because I mean, here's the thing: we saw, you know, people like, oh, they have this holographic technology. That was in Deep Space Nine. That was a Deep Space Nine. You're right. That was. You know what I mean? They it's like they reignited you know because yeah. that's when when Cisco and uh, oh the security guy that oh he god yeah. oh. oh that whole thing they, he called him yeah. Jabir and they they did the yeah. whole uh, yeah that was that was Les Mis. That, that was, was such great. good stuff. The whole Maquis great. thing oh. there. Yeah. They had that. That was then you know where they had the holographic transmission stuff and so you can't say well they wouldn't. No, they did it there. Who says it was lost technology? Because Discovery was an advanced ship. It was designed to push the levels of science and everything that they were doing. So, of course, they're going to have good shit on there that's going to pass yeah. it around. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I had no problem with a lot of the stuff that people bitched about because sometimes I like to just, you know, I understand that people want to bitch because they want to bitch. Exactly. Uh, to me, I love my stuff to be positive. I'm going to look at the positive. If I see negative things about it, I'm going to call it out or, or be like, yeah, I didn't like that. But I'm going to have a good reason for it. You know, I'm going to yeah. have, I'm not just going to bitch because, oh, it wasn't the same as before. Exactly. No shit, Sherlock. No, yeah, it's kind of change. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and you know, that's like people. Well, there's no ship in Deep Space Nine. Well, yeah, there's a shitload of them because there's a station and a bunch come in and out, and then they get a ship called the Defiant, which is to me one of my favorite ship designs of yeah. all of uh, the Star Trek. I love it. It's almost like a hot rod, you know. What I mean, it I'm is a, it really, really, really. It, it I'm is a big car guy. I'm a big car guy. I love hot rods and stuff. And that's right. what I loved about the Defiant, man. It's just like this badass hot rod just moving through everything, and I'm like. When you, especially when you look at, you've been used to the Enterprise, and yeah. you've been used to some of these other ships that are just plodding along, and you got this just hot rod of a ship just going through and just strafing Boy. everybody. Just, right. yeah. yeah, it's so awesome to see something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but that's why Star Trek, I think, half the time is I love the ship design stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. 
it was so cool seeing that even in discovery some of the ship designs that they oh, had incredible incredible stuff that they did mm-hmm. um you know even in picard with the new stuff uh, mm-hmm. you know i at the end when when they came in with the new fleet of ships that Riker was in control of they were okay they were mm-hmm. like the next level sovereigns but kind of just like they took a sovereign and tweaked it a yeah, little bit i was like Okay, it's not bad, but you know, I wanted to see a little bit cooler stuff because the Romulan stuff looked cool. Yeah, the Romulan stuff. Yeah, the Romulan. Yeah. Stuff, I mean, listen, the Romulans are always on the cutting edge of war oh, yeah. and, and technology. So, and fuck the Romulans. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're assholes. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> but uh, that's nothing. I was going to ask you, like, you know, what your favorite starship was, and I guess you answered it for me. It was the Defiant. Yeah. So. I love the Defiant. I mean, if you're going to go just Enterprises, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to go the Enterprise E with, you know, the Sovereign class. Oh, I mean, beautiful, my mind. Beautiful, my mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it keeps the history and the legacy of the design of the Constitution class and the other mm-hmm. classes and the Ambassador class. I have to say number two is probably the Ambassador class, which is the Enterprise C, which you don't see a lot of. It's I like love a, the Enterprise C. Enterprise C is a great yeah, ship. Yeah, like it's 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 like you know if you take a little bit of the D with a little bit of you know the uh, uh, well no not the constitution though what was the Excelsior class, class yeah. it takes a little bit of the Excelsior class and it combines it with the Enterprise D the Galaxy class mm-hmm. I mean I I like that design oh, it's a beautiful ship really yeah. good design it was uh, just it was it was it was just a shame that it, it didn't have a you you didn't see more of it on the series. Yeah, no. yeah that's that screen that was that didn't need screen time. It really did, but yeah, yeah it, I mean, for, for me, if you're going enterprise, things that have been named enterprise, the, the sovereign class is easily the best one. You know? I like I like the sovereign class, but for me, it's like the the enterprise Z was it was the uh, it was the it was my uh, screensaver on my phone but one of my favorite starship designs is the enterprise Rifa in the motion picture I oh, yeah. love, oh my god this is good that, yeah, I mean, yeah. the picture was just incredibly beautiful yeah it was it was there was that was cinematic beauty it was just, I mean, absolutely it really was. i mean i agree with you 100 on your when you broke it down in that episode where you talked about it Thank you. it was i mean it was it was easily just the most beautiful piece of star trek filmmaking that's been done in any mm-hmm. of yeah, there's yeah. no the story. Is it a little wonky? Yeah, it's a little yeah, yeah, it is a little. It's it's kind of hard to follow, but you know, it's if you've watched the original series, and yeah, and I said I wish there would have been a little bit more, you know, backstory on the characters, what they have done after they left the Enterprise, you know, and yeah. that's it. You know, it's like okay, how did Decker get this? What you know, just. But who does Decker? Like he just pops up. We're like, exactly. yeah, it's like where does Decker come from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I think you got Decker. He's now whatever in charge. But I'm like, who the fuck's Decker? Where did he come yeah. from? He's the captain of the Enterprise. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we see that later on, of course, when we see, you know, when we come to, you know, when it comes yeah. to the next generation, you know, of course, yeah. but we see all the captains before mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and it's like. You know, uh, we understand that time moves forward and that there has to be someone coming in place. And that was the hard part because it was such a hard reset of the characters with the motion yeah. picture. Because yeah. it's been it's been so long, you know, 67, you know, last time in the late 60s is when we see Star Trek. And then we don't see him again until 1980. You know, that's yeah. 20 years. And they yeah. it's like they played that 20 years being, okay, we did. we But, man, I really wish they would have taken at least 20 minutes to show what each but everybody did. 
kind of getting to that point, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because they did much more things after we saw them last. Yeah. And so that was my only complaint about it. It was hard to, a little bit hard to follow. And I really needed some more connection with Kirk and them. Uh, But, you know, then they built on that going forward, you know, yeah, they did build on that. You, I mean, cause Khan, the episode, two, I mean, you know, the second, oh, I mean, second one. the it best hard on the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't argue that. No, you can't. It's just, it's just done so well. And I, I, to me, I love the relationship between when, you know, between Spock and everybody. I, I love that. And I still cry at the end of Star Trek too. Every time. Oh yeah. I do too. <laughs> it's like it's like I, I don't want to see it. it's coming. They're like, oh yeah. shit, you know, you know it's coming, and you got to deal with it. You know, yeah. and I mean, the amazing part, the the thing I love the most, the crazy thing, Ricardo Montalban and and uh, William Shatner were never sharing the stage together. No, they, ne- they never shared the stage together. And people, I, I, people need to understand this. They were never in the same place for the entire movie. They were they were filming off screens of each other. And to get that kind of performance out of these two guys was just, I mean, I mean, incredible, incredible, yeah. incredible. How do you, how do you act against a screen with someone who's not there? You know what I mean? Really? And, and, you know, yeah. of course, Ricardo Montalban looked ridiculous as, oh, God, you know, yeah. but it was great. He was supposed to be the superior human. You had to, yeah. you know, yeah, he was already older. He was already older. He had to look that way, but still the, the character and the, the scene, how he chews up the scenery and the way he delivered lines. And, you know, you can't tell me that he wasn't passionate about that part. And that probably oh, he, he, he brought it. And if you think about it, this is from a character from back in the sixties, that was a one-off episode Yeah, and they bring it back to make a whole movie out yeah. of it. And they Crazy. get this guy to play this deep, passionate character mm-hmm. that is just, I mean, it Amazing. was so good. Amazing, and then they do it all, and he does it playing against another guy, and neither one of them see each other the entire time. Yeah, it just blows my mind how you could do something like that. You know, actually, probably one of my low-key favorite Star Trek movies, and it's not well liked by a lot of people in the community. Is I love Insurrection. Okay, I did too. I like Insurrection, and uh, it it tells the stories all this time. People settle down on land. Other people want it, and they try to remove them out. It's just like what happened with Native Americans here, and and it tells that story. And people are like, "Oh, it's wonky. It's this. It's that." And well, I was like, "Guys, I like Jonathan Franks. I like the way that he directs, you know, movies and shows. Yes, he's a little bit more lighthearted, but I like a little bit of lighthearted in Trek because mm-hmm. Trek gets really fucking serious. It so, can get super deep." Super deep, so it's good to be a little bit lighthearted with some of the stuff that he did. So, yeah, I enjoyed Insurrection immensely. And plus, two, it had a great soundtrack to it, too. And I, okay. I look at soundtracks, you know, Star Trek One, great soundtrack, Star Trek Two, great soundtrack, even Star Trek Three had a good soundtrack to it, Star Trek Four, incredible, Star Trek Five, the ending credits were phenomenal, the rest yeah. of the movie, questionable, yeah, questionable. Uh, Star Trek Six, I mean. Fuck, greatest! It's 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 like two and six are the, are the two best movies. Yeah, and, uh, I like Generations. I liked Insurrection. First Contact was, I mean, First Contact is First yeah. Contact, otherworldly, and uh, Nemesis. We don't speak of Nemesis, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking killed David, you dickheads. Or yeah. or Tom Hardy. 
poor Tom yeah. Hardy. And poor Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, Rafa. Like, on that. He, was, <laughs> yeah. he was he almost committed suicide because of that movie. Seriously. I know. Oh my god. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. But and I mean the fact that he has to play a young Patrick Stewart, you yeah. know, try, but I mean the, the roles that Tom Hardy has played, holy shit. I yeah. mean, you know, he's done a young you know, Patrick Stewart, he's done all these different roles. I mean, the fact that he was in Black Hawk Down. Yeah. You know, I mean, Crazy. he was in Black Hawk Down as one of the uh, heavy machine gunners uh, running through the streets of Mogadishu. Uh, all these different things that he's done. You know, Bane, fucking Bane. And then he got jacked for that. I mean, just yeah. ridiculously just jacked. And I mean, um, Warrior. I don't know if you've seen Warrior. Just, Warrior. Oh. oh, my gosh. It's him. He, he plays this estranged. Him and his brother are in this MMA tournament. He's estranged. He was in the military. He goes AWOL. He's going to fight in this MMA, like Bellator-type tournament. And him and his brother are in opposite brackets, and they end up having to fight each other. Oh, wow. And they have been estranged, and they don't – because one went with the mom, one went with the dad, and the dad was abusive. Nick Nolte was an alcoholic. Oh, man. God, such a beautiful movie. I mean, I cry at the end of that one. You know, it's it's it, they're fighting each other. He doesn't want to give up. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy does. So his brother, you know, yanks his arm in a, in a hole, pops his shoulder out, and then he, but the bell rings, so it doesn't tap. So that he has to go to the next round. He's oh fighting God. with one arm. He doesn't want to give up. And like, oh he's God. telling, like, he's, he's, he's got him in a chokehold and he's like, Tommy, I love you. I'm sorry. Just tap out. I love you. I love you. Oh and God. like, oh God, I'm telling you, Triple D, oh you gotta God. see this. Movie. It's no, such I'll, a, be, I'll be crying. Oh, yeah. Warrior is a great movie. Nick yeah. Nolte does a great job with it. It's just, it's good film, and but he's done all that, and you think about that he had to do Nemesis. I'm like, mm-hmm. son yeah, of son of a bitch, son of a bitch. You had Tom Hardy, and you fuck it up with that. <laughs> I I still think if Tom Hardy was in Deep Space Nine, he probably would have killed about fifty Jem Hadar warriors. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but um, so well, that's yeah. So those are basically some of the movies and stuff. But uh, what's uh your your favorite captain? Now, is it Cisco? Is it Kirk? I mean, come on. I mean, this yeah. this is a big question here now. Yeah, no. So my captain is always going to be Cisco. I mean, the way he had such a thing about him, the way he walked into a room, he commanded. He, of course, he was a reluctant captain, you know, yeah. he, and he wasn't a captain at first. He started off mm-hmm. as a commander, but uh, and it was a job he didn't know he wanted. Um, but the way he grew into that role and the way he commanded, the way he led, um, he built the people around him, mm-hmm. the relationships he developed. Um, you know, Deep Space Nine was a family. It really, really was. You oh, felt God. when, oh, my God, when Jed Zia Dax. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh you know. God. And you see, you see that in Cisco's face, you know, that this, that this is a friend he's known for years. and he, But he's become just as attached to Jed Zia as he had um, the previous host. And just uh, to Curzon and just the pain you see in that yeah. face. And, and just, um, you know, but to me, the way he, he, he had – that sense of, you know, that captain sense, that pride, that the way you stood up straight, everything like you expected from a captain. But then he had that personality that yeah. was so infectious, you know, the, his his love of jazz and baseball. Like, man, I love that episode where he's playing the, the Vulcans for baseball. Yeah, that, that was awesome. That was the best. <laughs> I love that episode. You know, he's, like, he's like, this this fucking Vulcan thinks he can play baseball? Like, yeah. like, Fuck this guy. Yeah, we're gonna be and like and it wasn't like it was you know the fact that he got the Vulcan thrown out, you know, because it was like 
you know, yeah, they're beating us, but it's the moral victory that we exactly. and we exactly. scored on you, and we did, yeah. and then the fact that he got the Vulcan to lose control and, and awesome. touch the umpire, and Odo has to chunk him. Oh man, just Cisco oh, yeah. to me. I mean, but the even the 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 Dominion War stuff, the Maquis stuff that he had to do, um, chasing after the lieutenant who 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 you know, you see that flaw in him of you know he's going after this because he wants revenge because this guy. He, this guy straight up just betrayed him, yeah, and yeah. and that was the whole. And I mean, that was the drive for him to come after this guy. Exactly. And, and, I, and I never saw it coming either. That was a oh, great, yeah. great swerve. I never saw it coming. I didn't either. It was so good. And then, I mean, but you even see, like, I loved man, and I loved when he went back home after the whole. Um, uh, the, the part of the Dominion War where he didn't know if he wanted to keep doing it and he was struggling yeah. with being the emissary and he goes home and he spends time in New Orleans with the guy who played Admiral Cartwright as his dad and he's just cooking in New Orleans and he's playing the piano. I mean, there's a real sense of personality yeah. that's with him and vulnerability that we don't see with a lot of cats. You don't see that with Janeway. You don't see oh, that with no. Kirk. You don't no. see that with Picard. You don't even see that with Archer um, no. You know, in Enterprise. Um, and, and even though he quote unquote set the standard, you don't yeah. see that. And he really broke the mold on what a captain could be. Yeah. And like, to me, I'm just drawn to him because of that. You know, the, 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 he was the, almost the most real person in the role, you know, yeah. for that captain. So, I mean, he's my captain, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, no matter what. I like that. To me, I, I love, it's like Cisco is like, one B, but one A for for me. It's tough, but I gotta go, Kirk. I love Kirk. Just, just this whole. I uh, just, it's just Kirk. You know, he's, yeah. he's original. He's just, and what the relationship with him and Spock and what he's done throughout Trek. You know, he's he's there. I I love Cisco. Cisco will be my second choice, and for my third choice. I love fucking Janeway. Janeway is awesome. Mm. Except for the part that she violates the prime directive almost every fucking episode of Voyager. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> We're going to follow Starfleet ideals, but yet I'm going to ignore the prime directive this time. And this You time. killed a sentient being. What is wrong? Yeah. You killed Tuvix. What is wrong with you? And I, lo I love the memes. It's like making of a murder. And it's just like Tuvix and Janeway. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's oh. funny that's funny she's she's probably my least favorite because she really? can't yeah because you know she, she strangler strangler steve king's to come down to texas and he's going to strangle you for that just bring so it on I'll, I'll take it yeah i got guns it's, it's texas. we have guns here unlike new york's and all them all them oh. pussy stuff up there but yeah shout out, was, shout out strangler steve king love man. strangler steve so much love to your sleeve oh, yeah but yeah so like uh, because you know, it's almost like um, uh, oh, Catherine. What's her name? That played the character. Catherine oh, um, Mulgrew. And I mean, she, it's almost like she didn't know how to play because she started off just very stoic and scientific and mm -hmm. no personality, and she slowly broke that way. And I don't know if that was intentional with the writing of the story or or what, but like it felt she felt the le least. In, um, genuine in all okay. of them for me anyway not because she was a woman it's just she felt 
not genuine in the role and the character. Um, you know, for me, I mean, Cisco's one. I'm going to have to go Picard too, um, because you know, Picard started off that way. But there's always that sense of he had that personality in there. He let it slip out every now and then because he's supposed sure, to be the yeah. captain, and he would let. It, I, I think I really love like for me when when I really really begin to love him is when the episode where he's supposed to be giving a tour to the three kids and they oh, hit yeah. that. Street, and problem. they get stuff in the episode, and then, like at the end, you see the three kids are on the bridge, and they've made a thing for him. And he says, "All right, number one." And like the, the girl who was supposed to number one, she's like, "Yes, sir." They both, him and Riker, both say it. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, and the thing I think that made Star Trek and the captains great was their relationships. That's yeah. what made Kirk great. I think Kirk is number three because you not only had Kirk and Spock, but you had Bones. You know, yeah, all three of those. Yeah, Bones is incredible. Yeah, I mean, and I think you see that, especially in episode five. That I think, I think oh, that's yeah. the one thing. It was a shit movie, but it was a shit movie. But this show, shit between them, yeah. You could, that felt that was the most genuine relationship I think you had on that show was the three of them, and that that, and you just see it throughout all the movies that when those three got together, there was just something magical yeah. that those three got together. Um, you know, so. I, and then you know Archer's four, and then and and Janeway's five for me. Mm-hmm. So Archer, I mean, he set the standard. I like Scott Bakula, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I, I mean, to me, you know, Enterprise was was good, but it needed something. It, it, it was lacking just a little bit of that magic that Next Generation TOS DS9 yeah. had. You I, know, it just it missed a little bit. I think once you got past the first season and they got to the Zindi War, the whole Zindi mm-hmm. War storyline, yeah. that was unbelievably good. And then yeah. to Paul eventually warming up to the rest of the crew and the crew warming up to her, that really helped out a lot too. And yeah. but they did they did Enterprise dirty with the final episode. That was oh, yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. I mean, yeah. To, to, to me, the last time the Trek was on TV and to have that as the final episode, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh the simulation with Riker. You had oh, to pull God. in you had to pull in Troy and Riker from TNG to make it work from an episode, which was a good episode, the Pegasus. It was episode. a good episode, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I like the Pegasus episode. It gave it a little bit of depth, but but that's not how you end it. You, no. you let them go out on their own, not as a exactly. simulation from somebody exactly. else. You know, and I mean, like, you know, oh yeah, we're ten years into the future of the time jump and this and that and the other. And you know, I did like the the idea of the perspective. Of, you're seeing it from the perspective of the chef because there's no mm-hmm. counselor, but, yeah. so you get to see and and you develop you know who these characters were. You're getting to see a little bit yeah. more of who they are, but. It was such a shit thing to do because they're not going out on their own. You're requiring someone else to do it, you know, yeah. to step in. You need that next generation shove to make this work. And I mean, they didn't know. They no. didn't need that shove. They didn't need that no. shove. As far as I'm concerned, they had they 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 had so much there that they could have easily done something. I mean, you had Shram. Jeffrey Combs, which oh. unbelievable actor in, yeah. in, in in the Trek sphere, the way he plays Shram, you could have easily done a final episode with with Archer helping him out, and that yeah. could have been the final episode. Mm. Simple. That's Pretty it. Thick. That's yeah. how you end it. And yeah. I would have been happy with that, but no, you do the stupid fucking simulation. I uh, just, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just you know, and that's. 
it's just it's 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 just a shame that you know that the writing let down yeah track like that yeah, yeah but it had the best theme song out of all of oh my god yeah it, yeah it's 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 incredible and I'm a huge I mean I'm a huge mark for the for next generation theme but yeah every time you hear that song you just mm-hmm. you just have to yeah. It's just, it's incredible. And I, and I think what really pisses me off is that Star Trek fans are like, well, it's got words in it. I'm like, who the fuck cares? It's a great okay. song. It ties it greatly. And I mean, we're talking about this is the start of the Starfleet program. This mm-hmm. is the start of the United Nations, what will eventually become the United Nation of Planets, the Federation. Yeah. We're, we're getting into the beginnings of this. So why not have something different? Because we haven't had anything like this before, you know? Yeah. And, and so that is where we have to like really go. Then, then the theme song needs to be completely different. And I yeah. loved it. I love it. It's a beautiful, I, I've got that thing downloaded and I listen to it on my, <laughs> it's in my workout playlist. I have like all this heavy stuff in there. And then, then that comes on. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, you know. Do you know what I do when I'm playing golf? I'm trying to calm down when I'm playing golf. I'll put on Ilya's theme and I just get like, I'm like, I, I, I mean, I mean, like in all honesty, to go back to the motion picture, I mean, yeah. sitting in the movie theaters in 1980 and all of a sudden you hear Jerry Goldsmith coming out to the piano playing that and you're in the movie, it's dark, the stars are coming. Uh, it's, it's fucking beautiful. It's, it's, it's it, it just it just hits a nerve in you and uh, you know and don't get me wrong star wars great theme you know john williams was was john great williams, he, he's he's great but yeah i'm sorry i just it, i i got to go with goldsmith and the next gen theme i know papadon and and Spiro and the Doc, they're all going to be like, ah, you're awful. Yeah, exactly. You're awful. You're awful fucking shit. All you Star Trek fans, blah, blah, blah. You know? So, yeah, he, he's always talking shit. So, yeah. But you know what, though? But they won't come debate me. And, you know, it's like they, they, they won't debate me. It's like, guys, listen. I'm not going to debate you guys on money because both franchises drew a shit ton of money. I'm going to debate you on the content characters you know and I'll, we can go from there and i know stevie i know stevie richards is down and big sal is throwing his hat in the ring as well so yeah. have some heavy hitters and i mean yeah. that's how you compare something that happened a long long time ago in a galaxy far away to something that's the future of here and now exactly and the same, in our same solar system that we are you can't compare them there's two different things you know um you know and, but and that's that. I mean, I know it's for fun and shits and giggles. But it at is. the end of the day, because I love, I love both. I do. I really do. At the end of the day, I know as much about one as I do the other. And so, um, don't put it in a box. Just enjoy what you enjoy, like what you that, like, and yeah. understand that Star Trek is superior. I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't say any better. And on that note, John, we're gonna. I think we've given the fans enough content for the third show. Yeah. So, so, so guys, listen. Uh, before we go away, John, give your plugs. Where can the fans find you, buddy? All right. Well, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter as JReezyMen or Dadbod God. So you know that's a great Twitter handle. Go that's find a great me there. Twitter handle. Great. Yeah. So um, I'm usually I'm not super active, but every now and then I'll throw in a snipe and I'll 
put drop some you know real funny moment or thing in there and just kind of step it out and let people enjoy it. Uh, I know when to shut up and listen, as has been like to say, yeah, but never missed a good opportunity to shut up and listen. Or, uh, but at the same time, you got to know when to drop in your thing and just step away. So that's sometimes what I do. So, um, but at the same time, I also am on Facebook as John Enright. Um, I work for a nonprofit in Weatherford, Texas. We help victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, um, anything along those lines. We have a shelter on site. And God so, God yeah. It's good. So, uh, as a matter of fact, did some work yesterday with a with a client that's getting ready to move out and start a new life, and we videotaped that for her um, to promote um, what we do. So, I do that kind of stuff for a living. But if you need someone to talk to, pray, whatever, you know, I'm with Stevie and I'm with the GGP in the fact that hey, I believe in the Lord God Almighty above. And so, um, having been a minister for 20 years, and I know Triple D, you're in that too. So. Um, you know, whether you believe or not, I don't yeah. care. I'm, you're my brother, sister, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to need what you, if you need something to talk to, you know, you can hit me up and I'll be glad to do it, whether it be privately and uh, DM. The DMs are open, as the kids say. I don't know what it means. I just know that the, my Slide kids. Are, the DMs. <laughs> the DMs. I don't know what that means. Just, you know, hey, you know, I'm sure it has something to do with sex, but I don't Probably. care. Probably. You, know, you know, but I'm not, I'm 41. I don't care anymore. Uh, so, so if you need anything, Thing, just you know, hit me up if you have any questions, um, or maybe you're going through something. I can help you find the resources in your area. Um, you know, being in rural Texas, I can provide sources for my community. But man, if you're like in New York or or Texas, there's agencies like mine, or even if it's just to find help uh, with mental help, uh, mental health uh, advocacy, I do a lot of that too. So we can find you some help along those ways. There's some great resources in the areas that people live in that maybe they don't recognize. So um, if I'm not doing that, I'm helping with the homeless in our area. So yeah, uh, but hit me up. I'm, I'm not, I always make time for people who are in need and uh, I'm That's not awesome. afraid to help that out at all. So um, I like to listen. I like to hear people's stories. Um, I can just be a place for you to come in and talk to. So just, you know, tell me that you, you're, you're in a depression because you've, never realized that Star Wars was always the <laughs> inferior product of Star Trek. I mean, I'm here to listen and take those things in. Yes, so. yes I love it. Thank you, John. So I'm going to do some of my plugs. Obviously, we got uh, brosers.com for Russo Bro Coffee. Guys, go buy the best uh, coffee. I have it in my store. I sell it in my store. I call it Dippin' Bro because it's Dippin' Donuts. Uh, right. dip, uh, you can follow Dippin' Donuts and uh, Dippin' Donuts CNY on facebook instagram twitter uh always providing the best donuts and the best pictures run by the greatest social media man on the face of the earth the great ayatollah talai bin hameen and uh also to zerdosoliveoil.com for the finest greek artisan olive oil that you can find and uh if you want to follow me greek dz25 on twitter i don't post a lot on twitter I'm mostly on Facebook, Dimitri Zerdos on Facebook, not hard to find. And, uh, you know, all you'll find on my Facebook page are uh, funny pictures and nothing but positivity because there's just way too much negativity in this world. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but, but John, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on, John. Hopefully, hopefully uh, you can be the permanent co-host and we can just bring on guests on now. See, hey, I was, hey, I'm down for it. Let's do hey, it. Listen, I, I thought we meshed really well together and guys, listen, I'm working on that Facebook page. I literally have it in my phone. I just got to like get it out to the public and uh, that will come out soon. And um, shout out to, to MSG for moving out to Denver. 
Yeah. I love you, bro. Uh, happy with your move. And I know you're going to be successful on what you do. Shout out to the NFO. Uh, love you guys, even though you guys love Star Wars. And obviously, yeah. uh, Stevie Richards and his wife. And his wife is doing an incredible podcast, Career Junkie Podcast. And guys, mm. check that out. And also, too, all of Hami Media Group. Check it out, guys. Great podcast. Great stuff. Conspiracy Horseman. Uh, Suck My Balls podcast. You know, New Force Order. The Locker all Room. All the Locker Rooms. All the Locker Rooms. Right Opinion Pod, which is my main oh, yeah. Bella, which I enjoy listening no, to. No, no, no. That's not Bella. That is Harrison Bergeron. Oh, I'm sorry. Harrison Bergeron. Yeah, Bella did it at first, and then Harrison Bergeron took, took it took over. Took it over. That's yeah, I'm right. Sorry. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a while. but From my understanding, he's a better-looking person than Bella. Oh, from, I, I, from, yeah, I mean, listen, Bella says he's sexy, but we all know that he's not that sexy. Yeah, yeah imagine we all, me. We all know that Billy Ray is the one, is the sexiest man there. So True. He's the Spanish god. He is the Spanish guy. So, but guys, listen, you guys have a great night. Uh, and live long. Live oh, hold on. Live live long and prosper, John. And you we'll, too. Be, we'll be back two weeks from now. Same Star Trek time, same Star Trek channel. Peace, guys.
Are you interested in joining our elite roster of sponsors? From now through the end of the year, Hamid Media Group is offering special rates as we continue our exponential growth. As we expect to hit 3 million downloads in the first half of 2021, giving you the absolute best value for you to advertise your company, brand, product, service, or podcast. We encourage you to reach out at Group at gmail.com and ask us how we can give the Hameen Media Bump to you.